Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to continue a conversation that we started several months ago as we talked about signs of a healthy student ministry. This summer, I had the opportunity to speak to youth workers in the state of Mississippi. And as I prepared for that message, I realized that, oh, well, I've forgotten a couple of things that need to be on this list. So I wanted to come back and to share those things with you as well. But before we get to that, I want to thank our podcast partner. They've been a huge help as we had our annual Student Ministry Workers Retreat just recently on September the 16th of 2023. I'm so thankful for all that were a part of that and able to help. Dr. Timothy McKnight did an outstanding job, and I'm already looking forward to next year and starting to make plans. So you want to go ahead and mark your calendar, do that. It's for September the 14th. 2024. Now, tickets will start on sale on November the 1st of this year, and there is an early bird special. You don't want to miss that. It's $20 for the event, but it's only good for the first 20 people. There's no additional fees on that, just a flat $20. Then after that, it'll go up to its regular price. So be one of the first. Go ahead and get registered early and make time for a day of study and connection and just some great things that we have planned for you. So let me just say thank you again to Central Baptist College. They're our host people and we love them. They take care of us. They're so good. And so I'd encourage you, if you have students that are looking for that next step in their educational journey, have them reach out to cbc.edu. They can find out more about the school. It's small but it is a wonderful place for students to go if they want a Christ-centered education. So let me encourage you, again, just have them check out cbc.edu. It has been a busy month here, September of 2023, for those of us connected with Student Ministry Matters. In addition to our regular annual event that we have at Central Baptist College, I had the opportunity to attend the SING conference, and lo and behold, who's there? Chris Vines, my co-host. It was a treat to see him there, to connect. Uh, But then after that, just a week later, I was at the Student Pastor Summit at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary of Kansas City, which led straight into the For the Church conference. Man, it has been a busy time, but one that we have just enjoyed Well, today, with all that busyness, I'm here by myself just talking to you a little bit about the signs of a healthy student ministry. So we'll have those in the show notes, those previous conversations that we had, so that you can go back and refresh yourself on those if you want to kind of connect them all in your head. 
But let me just start by sharing what we did before. We talked about these signs. We talked about being gospel-centered, focusing in on that main subject of, of Jesus saves. And that is the driving force behind our ministry. Not about behavioral modification, but gospel transformation. Then we talked about being Bible-centric, making the, the Bible our textbook that we're always going to look at and look to for answers, for lessons, all those things that we want to share with our students. Then we talked about being prayer infused, that prayer needs to be a major part of our student ministry. And often it's not. We get involved in activities, all these other things that are going on, but prayer infused. Then we talked about being church integrated, where we didn't need to just simply say, okay, We have a student ministry, and that's over here on this one side, and the church is on the other, but we need that integration. Your students need to be involved with older church members because they have so much to offer. And then finally, we talked about being relationship-driven, how that was vital if we wanted to have a long-term impact on students' lives. But again, as I studied, as I looked at these things, I was just convinced that there were two more things that we wanted to look at. The first is being parentally connected. I know it's kind of an odd word, um, an odd phrase that we may not use that much, but it just highlights and stresses the fact that we need to have families as a part of our student ministry. It's vital. Now, the other thing that we're going to look at here in just a moment is being outwardly focused. So again, if we want to be a healthy student, student ministry, And again, it's not about what we do, but it is about those things that we need to be. We want to look at these two things today, being parentally connected and being outwardly focused. You know, a healthy student ministry is one that involves and connects the whole family rather than just creating a place to escape from them. Our goal as student ministry workers is to join up with the parents, to partner with them in that disciple-making process for their students. While that may not be the pattern in your ministry, let me just encourage you to to look at this because it doesn't change the importance of approaching student ministry with this mindset. Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 through 9 encourages parents to be sharing the truth of God's word throughout every aspect of life, not just on days of, of gathered worship. That makes mom and dad the disciple makers of their families. And so we need to figure out how do we connect our parents to the ministry and how we can support the work that is being done and assist those parents as they help their children become disciples of Jesus Christ. So I've got a few things in regard to this before we look at that last sign of a healthy student ministry. And I've got just four suggestions, four things for you to perhaps take in and say, okay, maybe this would work for us. If we want to be more parentally connected, how do we start? Well, number one, you've got to communicate often with your parents. Communication is king as you work with someone else's children because that's what you're doing. That's their baby. That's the the child that they care about and that they love. You know, share your teaching plan. Share the event calendar. Share your victories within the group and share the setbacks. And most importantly, Share your love and concern for your students. Those parents need to know that you love their students wholeheartedly. 
There are so many ways that we can keep those lines of communication open. You know, we can do a, a newsletter. We can print it. We can mail it in snail mail, or we can email it. We can text it to them. We can use social media. We can simple phone call, a letter, home visits, parent meetings. The list goes on of ways that we can communicate with your parents. But don't forget that that's key when seeking to help a people understand and support a ministry. It builds trust. Communication is that thing. So if you want your parents to be connected, that's your job. That's your responsibility uh, to communicate often with the parents. The second thing is invite your parents into the youth space. Again, sometimes a, a youth room, a youth wing on a church, upstairs, wherever your students meet, is kind of that private place that we don't let parents and normal people come to. But we need to invite the parents in. They need to see what's going on. They need to trust what's going on and know that we're there to partner with them. So you don't necessarily have to have a parent night at youth group, but it could look like that. The idea is to make sure that your parents always feel welcome. They should be able to see, hear, and understand what is happening. There should never be any secrets in your student ministry. They need to understand that you're not hiding things from them. If we want our parents, our families to be connected, it's about communication and it's about trust. The third thing is that you can ask parents to serve as volunteers in your student ministry. Now, that doesn't work for every situation for a couple of reasons. One, you may have parents that aren't even connected to your church. They're just dropping off their students and saying, hey, pour Jesus into their life. But there are others that are a part of that church. You want to invite them to come and to be a part and to volunteer Now, some of those students even and parents, their relationship may not be the best choice and they may not meet some of the other criteria that you have in your life in regard uh, to being a volunteer in your student ministry, but establish qualifications for anyone serving as a volunteer and don't make exceptions for your parents, but try to bring them in where appropriate. There's all sorts of things that they can do and they don't even have to be a volunteer on every Wednesday night or Sunday night, whenever your group meets, they can simply be the, the people who cook something. But whatever that, that service that they can provide, get them involved in it. And then finally, under this idea of being parentally connected, get parents involved by sending home questions with students for their students. Now, you can do this all sorts of ways. Um, you can email after your message that you have shared on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, you can send by email questions to those parents and say, hey, here's a way for you to connect with your student as you go along, as you walk through this life, ask them questions about this. It's a way for them to kind of integrate, know what's being taught, but it's also a way for those students to take the learning even farther. Now, you can do that two ways. One, you can do that with your message as a student ministry worker, as you're teaching a lesson, have those follow-up things. But you can also do that for your pastor, your, your teaching pastor. If you're not among that team that's teaching, you can send out questions about the Sunday morning message and have them, those parents, follow up with their students as they take them to school, as they sit for lunch, as they walk and 
just hang out in life. Here are some things that you can communicate with your student about. If nothing else, have those conversations at lunch on Sunday. You know, spend time, get get them involved with questions because that's a great way to start communication, to start conversations that may not have been happening otherwise. So it is vital. If you want to have a healthy student ministry, it needs to be parentally connected. Your parents need to know that they are a part of this. You are a partner with them. There is nothing that is going to be hidden from them. You want trust. You want communication. You want to give them as much of an invitation to be involved in the ministry as is appropriate. And so just get them parentally connected. Now, the other thing that we want to look at and final thing in this seven signs of a healthy student ministry, unless, again, I come back with another one, is this idea of being outwardly focused. Unfortunately, we can often just fall into this trap of serving the students that show up on Wednesday night. We think, all right, well, those are my students. I've got parents here. They love their students, and I'm going to give them Jesus, and I'm going to partner with those parents because they're believers. But you know what? There's a lot of students in your school district that aren't involved in church in any way. They don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know what they need to do next. And so whether it's a focus on the students, if it's a focus on missions, you need to have your students thinking beyond the four walls of their youth room. They need to be outwardly focused. You need to be outwardly focused. And so how do we work to that end? How do we help them in that process of sharing their faith, of stepping through this idea that, hey, we're going to reach out to people in our community. We love them. We care about them. And they need Jesus. How do we do that? Where do we even start when we look at these things? Well, I've got a few ideas here, things that you can take with you and, and hopefully, again, be useful. Number one, teach on the subject Now, that may seem like an obvious answer, but guess what? We fall in the trap of teaching on things parents think are important and don't always um, have that emphasis on outward mission. The Bible teaches that we are to carry the name of Jesus with us into the world and make disciples. That's clear from Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and that needs to be clear to our students. We can share what the Word says about it. We can let them know how Jesus is working through missionaries and parachurch organizations around the world. We can share with them how we are telling others about Jesus. And all those things can be a part of our teaching time. So we need to teach on it. It has to come out of our mouth, and then they'll see us get involved with it, being passionate about it. Uh, But we can't not teach on it. We've got to to let them know, let them know how important this is to share Jesus. Now, the second thing that we can help them in this process of becoming outwardly focused is to train them how to share. Many students say they don't know how to talk about their faith, and that's true. In our increasingly secular world, it is vital that we train our students how to navigate hard conversations, and how to effectively share Jesus. At bare minimum, they should be able to walk through the verses of the Roman road. And are your students capable of that? Are they capable of leading someone to Jesus at church even? Are you able? Have you learned how to share the gospel effectively? If not, spend some time training yourself and training your students 
It gives us drive behind our, our ministry, knowing that there are lost students all around us, lost students that need what we have to offer, the great gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the third thing that I'd suggest is encourage them to pray for their lost friends, family, and classmates. Students in public school walk in one of the greatest mission fields in the world. As students begin to pray for the lost in their schools, their hearts will soften and their awareness is just going to grow. Don't forget the power of prayer to change, not the situation, but the power of prayer to change the one who is praying. Encourage them. Encourage them to pray for their lost friends, family, and classmates. Number four, provide intentional opportunities for your students to invite their friends. You know, while we don't want to fall into the trap of of all activities all the time, we do want to provide open doors for students to reach out. The primary focus in this is that it's intentional, that we're doing that on purpose. So let your students know that the upcoming event is an opportunity to bring a lost or an unchurched friend, that it's really for that. And so that the gospel is going to be presented. It's going to be a time when we, they're going to make every effort to make sure that they feel comfortable there and not judged. But it is going to be that opportunity to invite their friends. And then finally, with this, I just encourage you to point students towards short-term mission trips. Now, this can take a lot of different forms. Um, it can be a group, your group your little student ministry group or your big student ministry group. I don't know how many you have in yours, but you can take them all on a mission trip to somewhere in uh, your country. For those of us in the U.S., it's a big, broad world that we live in, and, and so we can make a trip, and it's relatively easy to put them on vans or in buses and to make that trip. But there is always that opportunity to go further and to be involved in global missions. And so organizations like what we have through the BMA is uh, Volunteer Student Missions. And it is a program that often is a summer-based thing where you send your student for two weeks to go somewhere in the world. And this is something that they fundraise for themselves. They're involved with that. Uh, but it's an opportunity to take mission trips. Maybe your whole church wants to go on one. But think about the power of sending your students and having their eyes open. I think about my own kids. My son went to Romania twice on mission trips. My daughter went to Peru. Their eyes have been forever open to a global mission field in a way that they could only hear about and see on the screens that are in their lives and things that I might share or if a missionary came in, but having the chance to put their feet on foreign ground, to be somewhere else in the world and to know that they're carrying Jesus with them wherever they go. That's a powerful thing. And so even if you are in another country and you are thinking about, well, what can I do for my students? Get them thinking globally because Jesus is a king, not just of the believers in your country or in mine, but of the world. It is simply this. We've talked about some signs of healthy student ministry, and it's important for us to go through those times of evaluation and to think about our student ministries. Are they being the things that they need to be? Now, we often do those things that we're supposed to do because people can see that. They come, uh, our students come in, we have our, our youth group time, we maybe play a game, sing a song, 
We hear from the Word and then our students go out. But what is driving us? What's behind those motions, those activities? That's where we need to look at our student ministry and evaluate how we're doing. That's where we look at these signs. So are we parentally connected in our student ministry? Are we outwardly focused? Or even looking back at what we've talked about before, are we gospel-centered, Bible-centric, prayer-infused, church-integrated, and relationship-driven? If we are not those things, then our student ministry is not going to be everything that it needs to be. We need to place the focus on the right things, on the important things, not just playing the old games of Chubby Bunny or uh, seeing how many dodgeballs we could hit kids with. or yeah, The list goes on of crazy things that we've done over the years and crazy things that I've seen in student ministry over the years. And that isn't to dismiss the idea of having fun because we need to have fun. Students, well, they're just a couple of steps from being out of elementary school, really. And they want to still play. We should all play because it's God has given us the gift of play. But we do need to focus on the right things to make sure that our students get it, that they understand what we're supposed to be about as believers. So let me just encourage you. Encourage you as you look at your student ministry. Take some time, maybe a notebook, maybe just a piece of paper or a whiteboard. Love whiteboards. Take a whiteboard and list out these different signs of a healthy student ministry and simply list, okay, yes or no, we're good there. And then, or maybe take it a step further and say, okay, here's where we're strong in this area, here's where we're weak. And step through each of these seven things and see what do we need to change. It may be something very small that could radically alter your student ministry for the positive. And so let me just encourage you to do that. And we're going to keep on serving and loving students because that's what God has called us to do. God has called you into a place, into a people, at a church, in a neighborhood that's connected to a school for a reason. Don't forget that. Keep loving on those students. Keep caring for them. And we're going to be here. We're going to be here along the, the ride with you. And if there's something that we can do for you to help you in that process, be sure to reach out. It's info at studentministrymatters.com. It's a great way for us to connect. But if you need to, to email, if you need to make a call, if you need to set up a Zoom conversation, just let me know. I care about what's happening in your student ministry. It's important, so vitally important that we share the gospel with this generation that's right in front of us. They need to know Jesus. And it's our job to help parents do that. It's our job as as ministers of the gospel, as student ministry workers, as pastors, to love on the young men and women that God puts in our circle and to give them Jesus. Why? Well, it's the same reason we share every week. Because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.